When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinaro, the sick podcast, and of course it is Monday, February sixth. It's three minutes past ten p.m. Eastern, and the sick podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. Driven to be different, also brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you, and also brought to you in part by, yeah, you just heard it. La Bit at TB, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. It offers a quality microbrewery beer made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TB, embrace your true nature. I know we're very excited about it. I am especially because I was told uh, that I'm going to be delivered some tomorrow. Uh, isn't that pretty cool, huh? Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to talking to Jeremy Filosa because he joins us now. He joined us a couple of days ago, and the reason why he did is because he was in South Florida where the NHL was having their NHL All-Star Weekend. He was there for Media Day on the Thursday. He was there uh, for the skills competition on the Friday. He was there for the All-Star Game on the Saturday, and he's also there for CF Montreal's preseason camp which has now moved to Florida for the next several weeks. So he's there, and who more fitting to talk to than him? So we'll get to it right now. Jeremy Filosa, what's going on? Just chilling on the, the balcony here in Florida. Beautiful night in South Florida, as always. So uh, who's better than me? Nobody. You're always exactly. very, very happy when you're in Florida. Hey, today it's I saw, true. and I yeah. think it was off of CF Montreal's Twitter account, the players were uh, on the beach and they were playing volleyball and stuff like yeah. that. And who knows, maybe a little bit of uh, soccer tennis too. I don't know, but I know they were playing volleyball and uh, they zoomed in on uh, Romel Kyoto 
And okay. Kyoto was like, this is the life. And this is what we've been talking about, right? If you're a professional hockey player, you're a professional soccer player, you're a professional athlete, you have a chance to play in Florida, either in Tampa or in South Florida. You got to admit, it is the life, man. Like anyone can say, you know, whatever they want about Montreal. Yeah, you know, Montreal. South Florida is pretty hard to pass up. Absolutely, especially in the winter. You know, you just walk out of your uh, apartment with your flip-flops and, you know, walk to training. And they got all these fields now here at, uh, you know, the uh, Inter-Miami Stadium Complex. They got all these fields outside. The grass is beautiful. Uh, It smells great. Nice and sunny, uh, as always. So, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be down here? You know, I was. it was funny because at the All-Star game, I had a chance to talk to the Kachuk brothers, and um, Brady Kachuk said, I talk to my brother pretty regularly. The conversation is usually, you know, he's getting in his flip-flops and driving to the rink while I'm up here in Ottawa shoveling snow. So, completely different lifestyle. Yeah, no, it really is. All right, we're going to... I want to talk to you about the Kachuk brothers because I want to talk to you about all-star weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've made my, uh, my, uh, my comments known via social media and earlier this morning on, um, uh, on the radio, on, I heard you uh, on BPM spot radio and on TV, spot television. I think it was a, 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 just a total disaster. I think it was embarrassing for the national hockey league. I think it was embarrassing for the players. I think it was embarrassing for the product. It's very, very clear that the National Hockey League is not very creative. It's very clear to me that they have terrible storylines. It's very clear to me that there was either very little effort put in or they just talked to people who aren't very smart. It's very, very clear to me that the players did not give their 100%. It looked like they didn't even give their 70%. And, you know, a weekend that's supposed to... And for all those who say... Oh no! It's all about fun. What? What? No, it, it was not fun. But but no. here's the thing: the National Hockey League. It's 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 not very strong in the United States of America, right? Football is so much stronger. Baseball is stronger. Basketball is stronger. Heck, the MLS is more popular in the United States than the National Hockey League. The National Hockey League, albeit a little thing for maybe us in Canada, that NHL All Stars Weekend. It has to be a very, very big thing for the National Hockey League, and they had a uh, they had a window. They had a they had a chance to showcase their talent. They blew it, Jeremy. They blew it, and you know that more than me. You were there. Yeah, I mean, listen. Friday night was a complete disaster. Uh, there was absolutely no ambiance in the building. Two to three thousand empty seats. Um, you know, the the, uh, the 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 hosts were trying to make jokes with the players. It was not funny. Nobody is reacting. A lot of the guests, the league had seven to 8,000 guests on hand. And a lot of these people obviously probably don't watch hockey very closely because when we were introducing the players, nobody was reacting in the building. It was really bad. I got to say, listen, there are a few things that I actually appreciated. You know, I like the fact that they try to have these little contests that are pre-filmed, that have something to do with the city that they're in. I didn't mind the chip and putt. I didn't mind the, 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 the shooting on the surfboards. I thought that was fine. The thing is, it's very poorly packaged. You know, you could get the whole thing done in about two hours and get out of there. Honestly, um, you know, you start a competition 
you don't finish it then it finishes later you can't really follow what's going on a lot of long pauses breaks where you're 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 sitting there nothing's happening i don't get that i don't get that and i mean listen pretty much from beginning to end it was pretty lame and, and even the games even the games uh, tony on saturday it's as if players would jump on the ice and would try to gauge what level of effort are we putting here is it two three four i don't know you're going on a breakaway i i'm able to stop you but should i or should i even try or should i not try it, it was pretty pathetic honestly so you know i remember some nhl skills competitions jeremy i used to be a big big fan of the nhl skills competition right i remember 1990 the relay the three-man relay gretzky was man number two and lemieux was man number two on the three-man relay right and gretzky and lemieux lemieux started right before gretzky gretzky finished just ahead of lemieux it was amazing i remember the 1992 skills competition where it was a tie and they went to a breakaway shootout and i think they went like eight or nine rounds deep and it was patrick waugh versus eddie belfour patrick waugh gave up one goal to steve eiserman eddie belfour gave up two goals to Yarmer Jagger and to Mario Lemieux. It was epic. I remember the uh, skills competition in 1993. I remember that Kirk Muller, you know, the players back then were taking slap shots within 12 feet, like dead square in front of the goalies within 12 feet, and they were making them rip. Players wanted to score. Goalies yeah. wanted to make the save. It was very competitive. You had that professional pride. You had that personal pride. I don't know what's happened 30 years later. It's an absolute disaster. But I'm going to wow. disagree with you on one thing, okay? Yeah. You yep. who said you were a fan of, you know, the chip competition, which was on the golf yeah. course, okay? Jeremy, what other sport has an all-star weekend, okay, and they get off of their court or their pitch or their field to go on to a court or a pitch or a field of another sport. Well, listen, you know what? Well, you can either look at it as they're the only ones who do it, they're stupid, or they're the only ones who do it and other leagues are going to follow after. Last year, Tony, the skills competition in the NHL drew better ratings than the NBA skills competition. Last year. This is the truth. So they're, they're trying to be creative. They were in Vegas last year. Remember, they had the whole thing in the fountain. Suzuki was actually involved in that. Listen, I mean, it, it's a show. It's a show for, for the people. But listen, if you're a real hockey fan, this weekend is not for you. It's not for you. It's to try to get eyeballs from people who don't usually watch or follow hockey to, to, to get noticed. And, and, and they'll pull out all the tricks from the hat to try and get noticed by people who have never watched a hockey game in their life. But in the end, it's pretty lame. Let's say the truth. It's yeah, but lame. you know, you know, you talked about the dunk competition. Okay, Jeremy, let's yeah. go to the dunk competition. Once again, you leave the ice, you go outside, you're wearing your flip-flops or your running shoes or your loafers. You're trying to hit surfboards, okay? Goalies are shooting with their goalie stick. Yeah. And in the end, in the end, the big, big payoff is if... On a day that's 28th and sunny, you get to dunk somebody in, like, a box of refreshing water. 
like as if that's the biggest punishment ever. It actually looks like it's it's a gift that you. I just I oh and the props and Mitch Marner wearing the yeah, Miami the, Vice suit. The props were and terrible. PK Subban calling him out. Yeah, PK. Yeah, do you have what I need? Yeah, I got you. Come out. It was and he comes terrible. Out. And then PK is like, ladies and gentlemen, Roberto Luongo, and it's. Like, there's no reaction, and Marner's taking a penalty, like a shootout attempt on Luongo. He doesn't even try. Disaster. Yeah, disaster. disaster. Actually, I got to say, Roberto Luongo uh, being introduced to the fans was one of the only moments the building actually erupted. It lasted, Tony. Oh, really? Maybe, okay, five, maybe five seconds. Maybe five seconds. That's uh, about it. It didn't so feel that only- way on television, but I'm happy to hear that. I mean, after all, yeah, he's from yeah. there. He played there. It- Exactly, exactly. I got to say, the Panthers players got a little bit more of a reaction. The Tampa Bay Lightning players were booed. But that's about it. That's all That's all we got, basically. But listen, I, I miss the good old days, like, like, like you said. You know, where you had Clarence, the Clarence Campbell playing against the Conference of Wales and uh, the, the, the brown and orange uniforms. Uh, those were the good old days. And, and like you said, players actually tried to score they actually tried to win, but now it's it's a business, and the first thing they think of is let's just not get hurt. Let's not get hurt. Let's not get hurt. And to tell you the truth, Kale McCall our only almost got hurt going around uh, the net. He smashed into the boards at one point. Yeah. Thank God, no damage was done. That was done. But that's the thing is you can't really play hockey without intensity because it looks foolish it just yeah, looks no, bad it, and you know you talked about kale mccarr slipping which obviously that can happen yeah. to anybody but that was like a bad omen to the whole thing right one of the best skaters in all of hockey a top three skater in the world 30 seconds into the nhl skills competition he's in the fastest skater award and he's any he, any he, and he falls right he trips and he falls but and how but i gotta give the nhl hated? credit i gotta give the nhl credit they had cushions all around the boards yeah, and he went into the cushions, and nothing happened to him. I never even thought they would even think of of, of doing that. So credit for credit well, yeah, to them Jeremy, for that. Right, you know why they did it, right? Because a lot of NHL players didn't want to take part in the fastest skater competition because a they thought, you know what, I might end up pulling my groin over here. I'm not going to force two. If you actually end up falling, you could get hurt. Look, and the entire world wanted to see Connor McDavid in the fastest skater competition. And Connor McDavid, he got himself out of it when he was asked about it. He said, uh, you know what? Uh, I've been in the fastest skater competition before. Why don't I give a chance to somebody else? You just got the feeling he didn't want to do it, though. Like, it just it didn't look good. Yeah, and, really and you did. know what? And you know what? That that uh, skill, that they, they started at the beginning – and they ended it at the end. And I thought exactly what you just said. Somebody's going to get hurt here. Somebody's going to pull a groin. Somebody's going to be – because these guys are cold, right? They're, they're, they're just sitting yeah. around. Yeah. They're not skating. So, like, I'm thinking to myself, faster skater? All right, let's go. Put the guys in. Let them do the thing. And let's move on to the next thing. Don't start one and end it later. When Marner took the shot on Luongo, we thought that was the start of the, um, the breakaway uh, competition. Then they went to commercial. They came back later. It was listen it, in the building. It was completely deflating. And at one point, the hostess, she 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 actually says on the microphone, "What an electric crowd we had here tonight." And we're looking at each other like, "I've never seen an NHL building this wow. dead, this wow. dead." Wow. Even at the Bell Center, when the Habs are getting killed, 
these last couple of years. It was just dead. dead How dead, about dead. Uh, when uh, when PK is with uh, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, and that was a nice touch to bring them out together. Yeah. But then PK says we have a special guest. Crosby ends up giving it away that it's actually Ovechkin's son that's joining. Right. I mean, right. I, I even thought they got the whole autograph thing wrong that they're you know with a silver sharpie that they're autographing on top of the black part of the jersey. Like I, everything that could have. And what are they trying to do with David Pasternak with the little Happy Gilmore stick to tap the puck into the empty net three feet it's away? Is there anyone so who thought that so that bad. was entertaining or that was funny? I don't know. It was bad. It was just bad. Was it last year where they had players in the stands shooting pucks into the net on the other side? That was pretty good. I thought they were going to keep that, but no. The 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 whole the sketches were terrible. Terrible. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, hire professionals. Hire Cirque du Soleil, uh, as you mentioned on the radio. Hire people from the WWE. Do something because the sketches made no sense. They were not funny, and I think it was embarrassing also for the players because they knew how badly they were scripted, to tell you the truth. Get the WWE involved. Nobody writes exactly. storylines better than them. Yo, get Crosby to, like, elbow Ovechkin, and then tag team him, you know, and then, and then they get back, and then the sun comes in and pins him. I don't know. Do something. But, uh, but I got to say, the Ovechkin and Crosby was a nice moment this weekend. Uh, Suzuki mentioned after the All-Star game that, the one thing he's going to remember is lining up at the faceoff circle against Crosby and Ovechkin playing together. They had a few tic-tac-toe goals. And to tell you the truth, I was around them a lot this weekend because the way it was set up here in Florida is the media workroom was between the two dressing rooms. The two conference rooms were also between those dressing rooms. So we saw the players going in and out of dressing rooms, talking, chatting the whole weekend. And Crosby and Ovechkin were actually pretty, pretty friendly. Ovechkin explained uh, last week that they have gotten closer over the last couple of years. They're not the two uh, roosters they used to be when they were young, where they were, you know, always going against each other. Now they're veterans. I think they recognize what each other has done in their careers. Yeah. And uh, they said that they text each other regularly. So, uh, you know, I, I think, it, like I spoke to my son, uh, after the game, and that's the one thing he appreciated. And, and you know, he's he's 14 years old, yeah. and he didn't think it was that great. So if you're striking yeah. out with the with the young uh, uh, fans, I mean, that's 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 the say it all at the end. And and they've probably got closer because look, their their careers they got a couple of years left, and that'll be it. Crosby's won his three cups already. Ovechkin's got a cup, so. Crosby's going to end up being known for his three cups at least and his 200-foot game and his all-round game. Ovechkin's going to be known possibly as the guy who's going to go end up you know, beating Wayne Gretzky's record of 894 goals. So they both got their cups. It's out of the way. Ovechkin says when all is said and done, Sid and I are going to go out and we're going to end up having a beer together, which they probably had at, NS at, at the, the, this past weekend because I remember when it was in Montreal, uh, I went out and... Uh, the players definitely get out that weekend and have a couple of beverages. Let's put it that way. It's funny because uh, I remember that um, the night of the skills competition, right after the skills competition was over, uh, all the guys went out to have a beverage and enjoy Montreal for what it is, right? And I remember uh, I was at the establishment they were at because I went there for networking purposes, right? 
And uh, the night ended up uh, ended pretty late, early on in the morning. And I remember the next day uh, at the morning skate, a bunch of players were falling and they were blaming <laughs> their skates. And it was pretty funny because those were uh, the players that, uh, you know, they ended up having a long night the night before. Anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. What do you make of, and I have to tell you, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. Yeah. It didn't hit me in the moment. But I read a tweet on, fri- on Friday, either it was Friday night or Saturday. I read a tweet or maybe even Sunday. I don't remember. I read a tweet this past weekend from Dominic Hasek. Did you see it? Yes. And Dominic Hasek basically said the National Hockey League dropped the ball by having Alexander Ovechkin's son there part of the whole thing. And he said it's a slap in the face to everyone in Ukraine uh, after obviously everything that's transpired between Russia and Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people came back and said, what does Ovechkin's son have to do with this? Okay. He obviously has nothing to do with the war between Russia and Ukraine. But, you know, let's be honest here. It's well documented that Alexander Ovechkin is a huge supporter and friend of Vladimir Putin. And so I understand it. I get it. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, listen, the thing is, don't involve this four-year-old kid in the conversation. You want to go after Ovechkin, that's fine. You understand? You, you want to go after the fact that the NHL, uh, you know, went out of their way to give Ovechkin a certain spotlight this weekend. That's fine. That's all fair in games. Don't involve a four-year-old kid. The kid doesn't know what's going on. The kid's just there to have fun. To tell you the truth, you know, I, 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 thought, I thought his son was on the ice a little bit too much. You guys maybe didn't notice it because they were focusing on whatever event was taking place. But aside from that little uh, three-on-o against, against Luongo, you know, he, he was pretty much on the ice skating around while the other guys were there. I mean, all, other guys have kids too. Nobody brought their kids on the ice. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like you want to have that little skit, fine, but then get him off the ice. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not his place to be there. That's what I think. But in the end, uh, for the political reasons, you know, obviously it's not, it's not my thing to say. Gary Bettman actually commented that uh, on Saturday morning. I was there at his press conference. He said that Hasek has been very um, tough on the NHL on this subject uh, for a while and that he respects his opinion, and he's allowed to have his opinion. That's basically what he said. Yeah, I hear you. All right, okay. Um, Sidney Crosby had an opinion, too, and it's regarding the NHL playoff format. He wants it to go back to the team that finishes first in the East, opens up their playoffs versus the team that finishes eighth in the East, two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus five. For the plain and simple reason, Crosby says, is that, you want to give the team that finished first or if that has a better regular season, you want to give them some kind of an advantage. There has to be some kind of a reward. And for Crosby, that's the thing that makes sense. You know what, Jeremy? It's hard to disagree with them. I know what the National yeah. Hockey League's trying to do, right? They're trying to create rivalries by having second and third of the same division play each other because chances are for a cycle of maybe three, four, five years, they may play each other more often than not. But Crosby's point makes total sense. I, I agree with him 100%. But that, that, that question was also asked to Bettman on Saturday morning, and he said 
you know, it's not as easy as you think. We'd have to rethink the regular season schedule. To tell you the truth, I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't know what the regular season schedule has anything to do with the playoff format. So we were all looking at each other, wondering, like, what is he talking about? But, yeah, I mean, again, this year, it looks like it's going to be the Leafs and Lightning in the first round. I don't want to see that matchup in the first round. I want to see that matchup potentially in the second or third round. That would be that would be great. But to, to have one of those two teams be knocked out in the first round because you can only play interdivision rivals when you finish second or third, it sucks a little bit, I find. Uh, but then again, look, the Bruins and Penguins would be playing each other in this format or the 1-8 format. So it doesn't change that much. But at the end, yeah, it, it's... You know, I, I liked it better the way it was before. All right. So now, you know what? It's it's probably not easy what I'm going to ask you. But in a way, it is easy. Why? Because I think we can all agree that the National Hockey League Skills Competition cannot get worse than what it was this weekend. So, Jeremy Filosa, if I were to ask you to fix it, yeah. there's no way you could do worse. Now, uh, you probably don't have the perfect solution. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. So, But I'll ask you anyway. Yeah. What would you do to fix it? So the let's first take thing a look I, at it. let's take a look at everything you thought that went wrong and try yeah. and fix everything that went wrong. So the the first thing I would do make it shorter, two hours max, and it's got to be done. That's the first thing. Second thing, we don't want you know time stoppages and stuff like that. It's got to go. I understand you got TV commercials. Get those three minute TV commercials in, but then after that, it's got to roll. Like let's go, boom, boom, boom. We don't want to hear boring interviews or you know, these skits that don't work, that nobody finds are funny. So they got to line it up quicker. They got to do it in a shorter period of time. They got to waste less time. And I think that's that's the one thing you need to... And please don't start something and finish it an hour and a half later when somebody hasn't even watched it. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know when the first part was. When is the second part going to be? So do them in order. And away, let's go on avance. It's got to be done yeah. fast. There's got to be also, Jeremy, some kind of incentive. I mean, giving the winning team of the tournament, of the game, a million-dollar check so that they can give to a charity of their choice or the whatever, all that stuff. I mean, it's all fine and dandy, that. But there's got to be some incentive knowing that the players are all going to go at 50%. Like So in baseball, of course, they have yeah. the winning conference. You're going to end up hosting the World Series yeah, not anymore. They took that out, but they, they had that it, for a while. Yeah, but the, there's got to be something. I mean, what incentive could could there be? I, I'm I not know. really sure. To tell you you know what? I'm not going to say I have the solution because I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the solution is either. And at, at the end of the day, I think the fact that these guys are now their own businesses and their agents keep telling them in their ear, just don't get hurt. Whatever you do, this doesn't mean anything. Just, you know, mail it in. We don't care. The only thing that's important is what you, the numbers you put up in the regular season because that's what turns into money. I, I think I saw, I think it was Max LaPierre who said this on Twitter. And if it wasn't him, I apologize. Uh, obviously, I follow Twitter and I read so many people's tweets that I might get confused here. But I think he said that if he was the National Hockey League, maybe something that he would work on is having two or three players from each team going up against each other. So you might have, you know, you know, Rantanen. And uh, and uh, McKinnon and McCarr going up against Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, for example. Uh, but at the same time, every team is not going to have three representatives. So, like, you yeah, can't that, do that either. That's, you know what I find, Tony? There's one thing also. 
a lot of star players were missing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to take into consideration what guys have done in their career in the past. People want to see some of the stars that have had, that have had great careers and now might not be at the top of their form. But that's one thing I find Major League Baseball did very well. They, had, they sort of had a veterans committee where, you know, you remember the year where Cal Ripken was invited. Yes. And then, uh, you know, he switched positions, I think, with Alex Rodriguez and stuff yes. like that. People want to see those star players. There were a lot of, like, star players that were not there. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, uh, Patrice Bergeron. Uh, there, there's a bunch of guys that, 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 that should have been there. Big names. And a lot of the young guys that were there, Tony, a lot of people don't know who they are. And, it, I mean, it's not that I don't want them there. It's not that I want to do – it's not that I want favoritism. But at the same time, it's an all-star game. You want guys that are stars in this league, known yeah. to be stars. Anyway, bring back that uh, three-on-three relay. Bring back a shootout that has some kind of meeting. Bring back slap shots on a goalie from probably about 10 or 12 feet in front of them. Those are just some of the things – that you can bring back. All right, okay, Jeremy, you're in Florida, and uh, look, Eric Engels is usually a regular on Monday night, and so some people were probably expecting Eric, and uh, we've shuffled it around a little bit for this week because, once again, because Jeremy was in Florida to cover the entire NHL All-Star weekend, and he's there covering CF Montreal's camp, which has moved to Florida for several weeks, I thought it was fitting that Jeremy join us tonight. Eric is going to end up joining us tomorrow night. Uh, as for Mapper, who usually joins, any Mapper will join us later on during the week. George Larac will probably join us midweek. And if all goes well, if all goes well, we're going to have someone from the WWE. Wow. All right. A professional wrestler join us this week if all goes well. Why? Because the WWE and the Sick Podcast are going to be collaborating. The WWE is going to have three events, Jeremy, in Montreal in a couple of weeks from now. The Undertaker is having a one-man show on nice. the Thursday at the Olympia Theater. On the Friday, and not this Friday, but the, far, the Friday after, it's going to be WWE SmackDown event at the Bell Center. And on the Saturday, two Saturdays from now, it's going to be WWE's Elimination Chamber. So it looks like we're going to be collaborating, and if all goes well, a professional wrestler will be joining us from the WWE between now and then. We very much look so, forward to that, and if all goes well, we'll be able to give away a couple of tickets as well. Not too shabby, huh? Okay. So which one, of, which one of those WWF interviewers did you like the most that you would like to copy if you had to? Oh, that's uh, because uh, right now you look like you're in a position where you could be a Pat Patterson of this world. Oh, really? You remember Pat Patterson? Of course, sir. Let, let him to Quebec. Yeah. Let yeah, him to Quebec. Absolutely, absolutely. He was uh, Vince McMahon's right hand man for a long, long time in writing scenarios. By the way, yeah, no, he was writing storylines, and he yes. was actually uh, along with Vince, one of the creative geniuses of yes. uh, the, you know in the history of the WWF. Exactly. Um, that's a good question. I, I'd have to mean think Gene. That one, I'd have to, <laughs> mean I'd have to Gene, think that though. one through. Okay, no, not mean Gene. No, not mean Gene. <laughs> Bobby uh, the Brain Heenan. No, you know who I liked? Piper's Ooh. Pit. Oh, Piper's Pit. Yeah, that was good. Right. Marinaro yeah. has a little bit of rowdy, rowdy Piper. Does he Piper? not? Yeah. I yeah, think yeah, I got yeah, a little yeah. bit of him. 
who, by but the uh, way, Jerry I the King think... Lauder was number one. Yeah, he was it. Oh yeah, Jerry the King Lauder. He was funny. He was good. Oh, those years were amazing. Uh, actually, uh, Droll actually says on YouTube Live, uh, Tony is more like Jerry the King Lawler. Okay, well there uh, you go. You need uh, the, you need the hat. The last time I saw Jerry the King Lawler, okay, I was actually at the event in Montreal, and he had a heart attack right in front of me. You what? remember that? I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, a couple of years ago, Jerry the King Lawler. Oh. It was a live show. He, he just, he passed out right there. Wow. He had a heart attack right in front of me. They came in, they got him, they transported him to hospital. They ended up saving his life. It's one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life, right? It was, uh, no, it was, uh, luckily, he's doing much, much better now. All right, okay. So there goes our, our WWE talk, and we'll we'll discuss it more later on this week. I want to talk to you about CF Montreal now very quick. I want to make this, yeah. folks, look. We're not going to, we're not going to agree on. Playing, when the Canadians are playing, it's it's going to be like a very, very heavy Montreal Canadiens podcast. But when they're not playing and other stuff is going on from Montreal sports teams or athletes from the province of Quebec, we're going to discuss it. CF Montreal hey, had their first day today. I heard you talking about Kai Kamara on the radio, and I do not agree with you at all with what you said. Tell me. You said a lot of th- – well, first of all, you said, ah, you know, Kai Kamara, he made like $6 million in his career – playing in the MLS, don't make me cry. This has nothing to do with anything, man. Do you? Can you imagine if somebody, if you were to go uh, for a job interview in a radio station mm. and you would say, listen, I think I'm worth this much, and they would say, hey, Tony, you've made money in the past. You're good. You don't need that much money. You don't deserve that much money. Listen, in this story with Kai Kamara, both sides are at fault, big time. Kai Kamara's at fault because he signed a contract for one year plus one year of option. And to tell you the truth, he does not have the big end of the stick in this deal. It's his problem. He signed that contract. Correct. On the other hand, on the other hand, the club knows for a fact that they got maybe, Tony, maybe the biggest steal in the history of professional sports last year with a player that was making 95000 maybe double with the bonuses, with the performance he gave you on and off the field. So they were willing and open-minded to reopen his contract. Fine. Good. Good on them. Excellent on them. But Tony, between me Which and they didn't have with, to, by the way, because he signed to. the club option deal, correct? Okay. They didn't have to, okay? Now, between me and you, all right, mm-hmm. what's the difference money-wise? Because we're talking money here. Between what CF Montreal is offering and what Kai Kamara is asking. So is it I, don't, I don't know, but I'm going to guess. But before I do, okay. I want to okay, tell you go. something. For those who yeah. are just watching, right? Kai Kamara yeah. is a 38-year-old striker. He's the yeah. third leading goal, goal scorer in the history of the MLS. He's been with 10 different MLS teams in the last 18 years. He went on loan to an English team. He also played for another English team. And a couple yeah. of years ago, he played in Finland. Last year, he played his first season for CF Montreal. He's been, uh, his name has been linked to CF Montreal many, many times in the past. He finally decided to come over at a league minimum of 94,000 US. And I believe he scored something like nine goals. He came off the bench and he had a very, very successful season for CF Montreal, making pretty much league minimum. Jeremy, I don't disagree with what you said, even though you disagree with me. I almost agree with pretty much everything you said. Let me just clear something up, okay? For me, the thing that bothers me is, 
I just want real talk, okay? You know as well as I do that Kai Kamara is basically saying this. Hey, Miljevic makes 550000 a year. Mason Toy makes 550000 a year. Last year, they gave Bourne Johnson $1.2 million a year. I believe that if those salaries are being paid, and I did what I did last year, I'm in that conversation. That's that's okay. the story, right? Right. That's the story. Correct. Well, well, no. I bro, I can understand why in that dressing room. Yeah. It it's not. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, people are not going to be comfortable when when the guy next to you isn't doing a third of what you're doing and is winning five times your salary. But at the end of the day, yes. he signed he signed that deal, right? Correct. But for everything that he brought you on and off the field before all this BS of going on social media and blah 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 blah. Okay. What's yeah. the difference between the asking price and what they're offering? So is it a hundred thousand? I don't know this, but I'm gonna guess. Okay, I'm gonna okay. guess. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that he's being offered anywhere between two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and I'm willing to guess that he would want double. He would want double that. So if they're, I don't know this, eh, for a fact, okay. but I'm willing to yeah. guess that if they're offering three, he wants six. If they're offering 250, he wants five. So I, I would be willing to guess he wants in that range that Miljevic is in, that Hamdi's in, that Mason Toy is in, anywhere between the 500 to 600,000 mark. You, so you think this guy signed for 100,000 and now all of a sudden he's saying, why don't you take that $100,000 contract that I agreed upon and why don't you give me six times that money? I don't believe that at all, Tony. Okay. Maybe he's asking. Maybe he's asking four hundred. Maybe he's okay. asking five hundred. Maybe you're right. Max, okay. max. Okay, okay, okay. So at the end, you're about one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars away. Okay, but with all, and I'm uh, sorry, my language here, but all the bullshit that has happened off the field this off season, do you really, as an organization, want to go through another story like you're going through right now for a hundred thousand? For two hundred thousand, when like you just mentioned, you have guys that have, that have, that did nothing last yeah. year, making three times, four times that money. No, Tony, if you give this guy four hundred thousand dollars and he gives you the same season he gave you last year, you're still it's still a bargain. You understand? Yes, I understand. It's still a bargain. And you know what? If you want to get creative, give him the one year and tell him, listen, okay. We'll give you the 400000 that you want, okay? And for the second year, because you want a second guaranteed year, if you score at least seven goals, we'll automatically enclenche. Uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in English? We'll, we'll automatically give you the option here. So you know he's going to be hungry. You know he's going to want to produce, okay? And if he does that, you got him for one extra year at the same amount of money. Get creative is what I'm saying. You talked about 38 years old, Tony. Nolan Ryan was throwing no-hitters at 45. I know that. You understand what I'm saying? 38, yeah. the number means nothing. You could be 32 and be finished. But you could be 45 and still be able to throw no-hitters. That number is irrelevant. As long as you're putting up the performances on the field, I don't give a crap about okay. the age. Listen, you I agree. I, Jeremy, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The challenges, I have, the challenges I have are this, okay? 
I know that he's negotiating through social media, all right? I got 20 years under my belt. You have the same thing, maybe even a little yeah. bit more. You know he's yeah. negotiating through social media. Don't come on social media and give me a song and a dance about how much you love Montreal and this and that. And yeah. then when I ask him, when I ask him that he's been with 10 MLS teams in the last 18 years, he says that he's been counseled badly. Counseled badly yeah. once, twice, three times, four times. Counseled badly 10 times, Jeremy? Jeremy. No, I- and he's you know got what? the he's, reputation he's of, you know, he's he has a good season counseled. and he leaves and he and and that's and that's fine. He can do whatever he wants, but just come out and say what it is. Say that based on your performance last year and based on what they pay other players, you know you belong in that conversation that they're paid. Don't give me all this love story with Montreal yeah. and this negotiating through media and trying to make, you know, the team look bad or the GM, the sporting director look bad and this and that, because you're right. It looks terrible on everybody. It looks terrible. On everybody. Terrible. It, it, looks, it looks terrible. But Tony, okay, and I understand, and I go back to the point where CF Montreal didn't even have to open renegotiation, and that's a fact. But at the end of the day, Tony, if I appreciate you as a person and I appreciate you as a host, And I want to keep you with me. And I know that we have a contract, but I know that you deserve a lot more. I'm not going to sit down and say, hey, Tony, here's a new offer. Take it or leave it. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to say, Tony, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. And I want you to be happy. Let's talk. How could we find a solution? What do you need? And I'll tell you what we can offer. There's a difference, though. There's Tony, they haven't talked since October. I hear you. There's one difference. What's though. the problem? When you're negotiating with Tony, you're negotiating with someone who's loyal to the company that he works for because the previous company worked there for 20 years. He didn't ha- He didn't switch 10 times in 20 years. You understand what I'm talking about? That's I one difference. The other difference is, and this is what bothers me, don't go in front of the media and in front of everyone trying to say that you, 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 go, you, you take to social media, your wife takes to social media, that you know what, you want to move your family here, but you know what, the offer wasn't way. I repeat, you made over $6 million U.S. in salary alone, plus bonuses, which leads me to believe that now you're over eight, maybe nine. Plus, you played a year in England. You probably made eight, nine million U.S., and you're going in front of the media saying... I'd like to bring my family here if they don't give me a better deal. When the deal they probably gave you is 250000 to 300000 U.S. I know a lot of people in Quebec who don't make 250000 or 300000 U.S. And I know a lot of people who haven't made 8 or $9 million U.S. in salary over the course of their professional life. And you know what? They can definitely move their family here because if they rent a condo in Oshelaga Maisonneuve, which is not too far from the training facility, I'm willing to bet you can get it for less than 2000 Canadian a month. Am I right? Because you own a condo there. How much yeah, can I yeah, to rent yeah. a condo? Yeah, 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 about 2000 But Okay, uh, come on. But, like, but, what are we doing here? We're doing a, we're doing a soap opera over a contract. And I agree with you. Sit down. Close yourself listen. in the office. When you come to a deal, come out. Listen, last year, okay? When the salaries came out and we found out he was making 95000 Tony, the first chance we got to ask him, I asked him about it. And you know what? I could tell in his face, he felt ashamed. He felt humiliated that his salary was revealed. He knew it was going to come out. And I asked him at that moment, I said, I hope for you with the season you're having already, that there's a pay increase in your second year. And he didn't want to answer at that moment. But, 
you know, I mean, it, it's pretty clear he took this deal because he wanted to keep playing. And you're going to say, you know what? Nobody else was offering him anything. So it was that, take it or leave it. But listen, I think a player that has offered everything that he's offered in the MLS. Um, he's had a great I mean, career. He's had a great I, career. I think and he the fans more love him. I just think he played his cards you know? wrong. That's all. Okay. Uh, I, I agree with you. But you know what? There's no, you know, they're both to blame. And when he was asked specifically the question, Olivier Renard is right here. Why aren't you talking to him? And he said, well, that's not the way it works. Yeah, but it also doesn't work negotiating through social media, right? He's right there. And, and Olivier Renard mentioned that the, the contract with Victor Wanyama came on the table. How? They sent each other a text message to wish each other Happy New Year. And via text message, they started talking and it led to a deal. So it can't hurt to go talk directly to the general manager and see what he's thinking and put this uh, thing to bed once and for all. Because this thing, Tony, yeah. uh, here's the offer, take it or leave it. Camacho took it, but he yeah. didn't like that that attitude. Wanyama took it, but he didn't like that tone either. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I'll tell Nobody you what I think's happening here. I'll tell you what I think's happening. I think Olivier Renard probably doesn't like the way Kai Kamara went about it. Absolutely. You remember You're Mark Bergevin? Right. Remember Mark Bergevin and Andre Markov? Yeah. Mark Bergevin appreciated Andre Markov, the player, and what he was he brought to the Canadians and what he was able to bring. But the negotiations went a little bit sour because of the way they were handled and the way they played itself out. Maybe that could be holding this thing up a little bit. Okay. I understand, One Tony, but for the for the good for the good of the team. For the good of the team, put your egos aside, settle this freaking thing. Yeah, that's all I can um, say. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, press release went out, or a statement went out on Friday. They changed their logo. We know that a new yeah. jersey was supposed to come out, and yeah. now it looks like one of the jerseys is not going to come out. You want to elaborate on this? Well, listen. What happened? It's not complicated. The in the MLS, when you have a new jersey that's going to come out, you got to prepare it two years ahead of time. Adidas asks for two years' notice, all right? So this jersey that they were supposed to wear in 2023 was designed by the former president, Kevin Gilmore. When, um, when uh, the new president came in, Gervais, looked at, the, looked at the jersey and said, I don't like it. I don't like it. And then also, on top of that, there was also a scripture that was written in uh, a native language and uh, the, the, the team was not comfortable just going out there and having this inscription because they said, we haven't made any significant um, moves or anything to try and get close uh, to the Native community. So why would we have this now? It would be smarter to try and have some links with them, ask them their opinion, and then proceed. At this moment, they were not comfortable. That being said, when Gervais came in last spring, he contacted Adidas and said, listen, we're going to want to make some changes to the jersey. Adidas said, we don't know if we're going to be able to get it for you on time. And, you know, the more the time passed and the more they found themselves in a situation where they were not going to get the jersey on time, every other team is releasing their jersey mid-February. CF Montreal will not have their jersey. Hopefully, they will have it by the summer. But, listen, Tony, this goes back again, 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 and again. If you go back... Two years ago, when this whole rebrand was introduced and fans said, we don't like it, we don't want it. 
if you proceed the same way as the Columbus crew and the Chicago Fire did when they did their rebrand and fans said, no, we don't want it. A week later, they went back on their decision. That was the end of it. Yeah. But no, like they say in Italian, cocciadura. Yeah, they were stubborn about it. They, they were stubborn, stubborn about it. Stubborn. We still don't understand for the life of us why till this day they, they refuse to go back on that decision and it's still biting them in the ass today, two years later. Yeah. And it's their own fault. That's and it, it's that's too all. bad because it's been one storyline after another from the coach leaving yeah. uh, to the Kai Kamara situation to to this now with the jersey. Put it this way, they just didn't need this at this time, right? It's kind of like uh, it was just one too many. But anyway, uh, they're in Florida. Their camp is resumed in Florida. They're going to be there for several weeks. They're yeah. going to play, uh, I believe, three preseason games in Florida before opening up Four. their season. Four preseason games. Four. Yeah, they're yeah. playing. Yeah, they're playing versus a uh, university team, and then they're going to be playing. Yeah. So what are they playing? They're playing on the eighth, I believe, and they're playing so when, on Wednesday. The Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah. Wednesday, so the next Saturday. Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then they have a full week before they start against uh, Inter Miami, and the game will be here in Miami. They will not be coming back to Montreal before uh, that first game. They will be staying around here. So there will not be a fan fest or anything like that. You know, I got to say, Tony, to tell you the truth, you know, they had a new marketing director come in last year. And I want to give the person time to work. But mm -hmm. honestly, Tony, the schedule, uh, the season is starting in less than three weeks. Have you seen anything anywhere in Montreal that's telling us that the soccer season is about to start soon? No. Honestly, I mean, come on. How patient do people have to be? I mean, they're nowhere. They're mm -hmm. nowhere to be seen. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading Claude Raymond's book right now, the former Expo pitcher. Yeah, and he explains in the book he spent day in and day out, Monday to Friday, every December, every day of December, every day of January, going around Quebec with other teammates, signing autographs, giving clinics. They I worked know. their asses off back then to I get know. people to notice them. The much the impact does none of that. Zero. It's so sad. Jeremy, great hit tonight again on the Sick Podcast. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you soon. I love this guy. You want to know why you can tell? Like, he gives everything that he has. He puts all his heart and soul into it. And that's why he's not only a collaborator on the show, I'm happy to say he's one of my best friends in the world. Jeremy, have a good night. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. All right. See you there soon. you have it, Jeremy Filosa. All right. Uh, a shout-out to Playground, who has over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else located just over the Mercia Bridge? Only minutes from downtown Montreal. And now we're talking sports cards. Six sports cards. Presented by Sports La Tornade. Sports Cards is presented by Sport La Tornade Sports Cards, Collectibles, and more. Visit the store at 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil, Dorian. If you're liking the podcast, by the way, and you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Twitter, share it with your friends. Hit the like button. Message sick, S-I-C-K. And if tomorrow you're going to be listening to this on audio on Google or Spotify or Apple, leave us a five-star review. We had a couple and it made us very, very happy a couple recently. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you very good. much. Okay. 
Uh, we're talking sports cards, and we haven't talked about them in a while. Um, probably a good 10 days or so. What products were hot and what products are to come? So, uh, yeah, we like to do a little recap here, a mid-season review. Uh, so since the beginning of the year, this year, because of COVID, there's been a, a little bit of a mix because of products being behind. So not all the 21, 22 products are out yet. And we're seeing some of the 22, 23 products come out. So I'm gonna just going to fire off a few products that have come out for this year's 2022, 23. So the season always starts off with the MVP, which is um, lower, uh, lower, good for the kids type of card. Uh, we move up to the Series 1, which is the most popular, where we had the Matty Beneers uh, Young Guns card with the Boldy, the Rossi. Um, Artifacts is, is another uh, type of card box that's come out. That one came out uh, in the last two weeks. A lot of numbered cards, a lot of jersey cards, patches in that one. Mm -hmm. uh, get some legendary uh, names in there, some a little bit of older players. Uh, different, a little bit different than the Series 1. And Are then, those going to carry any value, Chris, the ones with some of the older players? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the some of the guys, so what I'm seeing a lot of now is Gretzky. Gretzky's signing more now than he ever did. Oh, really? Uh, Why? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, they, they have, I, he's, he's got an upper deck contract. Uh, he's signing every, every year there's a new release. Uh, Gretzky signing more and more, which is, is not necessarily a good thing for the value of his cards. I was just going to ask that Chris and say, if there's more Gretzky autographs out there, doesn't bring that bring down the value of those cards because now yeah. all of a sudden they're not scarce. There's too many of them. Absolutely. So do you remember we we I showed you that Gretzky one of one card I had at my store? Yeah, it was sold this year. And uh, the value of that card has gone down uh, just because that same product will come out next year in, in 23, 24. And there will probably be another one of one Gretzky. So if they if they do that every year, then that hurts the value of the other ones. Right. So that's the way the market works a bit. So, um, this past week there was synergy, uh, another product that's, I want to say medium tier that has a lot of signatures and stuff. Um, Chris, if you don't mind, if you don't mind being ignorant in, uh, in the domain that is player cards. Okay. Synergy is, is this its own company or, or is this like a, like a, a brand within a natural company? You know what I mean? Like, so is, is synergy like an upper deck or it's like within an upper deck type of thing? How does this all, work? Okay. So all these series that I've mentioned, MVP series one artifacts, synergy, all upper deck. They're all upper deck. Perfect. All, okay. So now upper deck is the exclusive with the NHL. They have the, they have the rights. So basically everything that's sold out of my store will be with upper deck that I have the upper deck license. Um, there is certain products that do come out that I don't necessarily hold, but there is some other, uh, in the game. I don't know if you've heard of them before they were around for a long time. Um, there's pinnacle there's, there's other companies, but you don't, you don't see them. You don't see them as often anymore. Uh, people stick with upper deck. Okay. Uh, real good. If you have any questions, by the way, for Chris, 
You can put them out there on YouTube Live or Twitter Live or Facebook Live. And I know that Agnello and Sammy and Master Control, if you want to bring some up, I'll ask Chris some of the questions because, Chris, this is a popular segment with our viewers, of course. I mean, once you come on, they have all kinds of questions for me. And I'm like, you know what? Just ask them to Chris. Don't ask them to me. Uh, no problem. In the meantime, you know, who's disappointed this year? When we take a look at cards. Yeah. Does it kind of work like a stock market, like a, a stock uh, going up and a stock going down type of thing? And is there a card that in the last year, for example, last 365 days, 300 days ago, it was at its high and it's gone down now to its low? Is there one like that that comes to mind? Uh, absolutely. Like if I, if I, if I, and I'm sure you know who they are. I mean, you can, if you know, like you say, the stock market and you know who's, who was hot last year and who's not this year. Um, I can even throw a hint out there. You know, someone who got traded this offseason is not playing very well in his new team. He's not fitting in very well. Huberto. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, that was, that was, you read my mind. So I am Montreal Sports Authority. I have been for the last 20 years. Thank you very much. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, Huberto is top of my list on that one. Just not, just maybe, maybe next year he'll fit in better. It's his first year with the new team. But On the flip side, has Matthew Kachuk's value gone up? Matthew Kachuk is, I don't want to say it went up, but it didn't go down. Okay. So, uh, one guy that I was surprised to see go down actually is Mort Sider. Uh, I expected a bit more from him. He's come on as, as of late, but he has gone down also. What are we talking about? Because I believe his rookie card was a couple of hundred dollars. I actually brought it up to Joe Valeno. And I said, should I buy more Sider's rookie card? And he said, yes, you should. Obviously, he's biased. He's a teammate of his. But I really like the guy. What are we looking at for his rookie card? Okay, so I, I last time we talked, I still remember this. The Mort Sider Young Guns PSA 10 was over $200, between $200 and $225. Right now, you can probably pick one up for about $150. I want one. You have one? Yeah, yeah I do have. Okay, I'll buy one tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. So I have one. So, um, other, that's a PSA 10, eh? That's a PSA 10. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, other deceptions, obviously the, uh, 2020 draft, we all know first overall, um, Lafreniere. Yeah. So his cards have continued to pumble and just go down and down and down. Uh, what are we looking at? Well, there's people that spent thousands and thousands of dollars investing in this kid when he was, when he was drafted. Oh, really? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, some people start personal collections of Lafreniere and now they're just dumping. So I want to say his, his rookie card, young guns, just a normal, um, without being graded around the $400 mark when it came out four or $500 when it first came out. And uh, I saw some selling this week for $60. I want that too. Is that, that a PSA 10? No, that was an ungraded. But a PSA 10 is not going to cost you that much more. He's uh, he's as low as he's going to go right now. Okay, so a PSA 10 is under $100? Uh, no, it would be a bit over $100. It would be under $200, though. I would be under $200. Okay. Well, that's uh, Yeah, well, that's a... Uh, is With it worth it? Okay, let's just say the ungraded is 60 yeah. And the PSA 10 is 180, for example. Yeah. Is it worth the price difference? 
Uh, it is. It is definitely. I definitely always like the slabs and go with the PSA 10 or 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 like a tag 10, a different grading company. But um, with the thing with Lafreniere is you kind of hope that he goes to a different market and, and just lights it up and gets a new, a fresh start somewhere. I think he scored the winner in overtime tonight, by the way. Oh, I didn't see that. But I, I'm not sure about that, but I think I read that somewhere because when the game was ending, I was going on. And uh, let me just confirm that to you if I can here. And uh, they won 5-4 in overtime, and Alexi Lafreniere scored at 137 of overtime. The New York yeah. Rangers beat the Calgary Flames by a score of 5-4. to four. So there's another one. Uh, Calgary Flames, I mean, Nazem Kadri has not, has not been up to par. He hasn't. So uh, I think one of his, his card has gone down significantly also. He went down too tonight. He got pummeled by Jacob Truba. All right. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Agnello and Sammy and Master Control, my best buddies in the whole world. Can you bring up a couple of questions for Chris Latornade? This coming in from Chris Bergeron. What's a McDavid marquee rookie card, rookie card's basic uh, worth? The basic marquee rookie McDavid, uh, it's less than a hundred dollars. You're gonna you're probably looking around fifty to a hundred dollars in there for That's the a- basic. Yeah, the it, with the marquee rookies, there's different variations. So if you get say like a sunset or a, a different color one that that's a little bit more rare, but if you're really talking about the basic basic one, it's uh, yeah, it's not going to be over uh, hundred. What's the, the the best McDavid rookie card valued at right now? Uh, so we're going to look at the cup, the cup, uh, 2015-16, the cup, uh, McDavid rookie card. I'm going to say probably in the 20,000 range or so. I have a very good friend of mine who's a collector Yeah. of, uh, NHL memorabilia, uh, and, and whatever, you know, uh, whatever he can get his hands on, but, uh, specifically or in particular, mostly. Connor McDavid and his collection of Connor McDavid, whatever, including cards is in excess of $300,000. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And yeah. He, you know, and he's got them, uh, in his vault. Yeah. And, um, I go over to his house all the time and I know where the vault is, <laughs> but unfortunately I've never been able to crack it open. So, but, uh, he's, uh, and look, if there's one guy that you want to invest on, that's the guy, right? Well, what I tell everybody that comes into the store, everyone that comes in the store and looks at anything that's Connor McDavid, they said, oh, I wish I would have collected in 2015-16. I should have collected. I should have, should have, should have. And, but they didn't. And now they're seeing the prices, how high they are right now. But I, I just, I let them real. I, he's the only, one of the only players that I think right now, even though as high as he is, he's not at his highest point. And he wow. will con- he will continue to grow. This guy's going to break records. This guy scores. He, he's four or five points a game. He's on pace for, what, 70-some goals this year? It's unbelievable. Like, it's unbelievable. It, and he's getting better at goals, right? So either, he's yeah. still, like you said, he's still getting better right. at his game. Why don't we do this? It is 11.04. Uh, but, uh, you know, I want to, uh, I want to get you excited about tomorrow night's show as well. So I can't give you too much tonight, but why don't we take three more questions for Chris 
Latour Nad. Three more. Here's the first one. Uh, when is Slavkovsky's young gun card being released, and how much does Chris think it'll be worth early on? Okay, so uh, Series 2 is supposed to be out usually mid-February. I think it's been pushed back a little bit, maybe into March. Okay. I don't have exact date, but I'm going to say between mid-February and mid-March, Series 2 will be out. Slavkovsky Young Guns will be there. Um, his injury probably has an impact on how much that card's going to be worth uh, when it comes out. But I'm still thinking because he's in Montreal, big market, he's the number one draft pick overall. I'm going to say the day it comes out, it's going to start around $200. Now, Ooh, if, wow. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's and a bit so deep. if I were to buy that card and I was in Florida, yeah, I'd probably pick up that card for half the price in Florida. Less? Less. You're going to, you're, well, not less than half the price. You're, because the cards, when they're sold on eBay, it's, it's, it's all over the world. So the, You'll still have to say the guy, the seller on the uh, from Florida is going to put it on eBay at two hundred dollars. But okay, I got it. But I'm t- I'm talking two hundred dollars on the day it comes out. A- after that, every day after that, it will start to to come down. I you know, hear you. Right now, so that that's hurting them right now. Two more. Yeah. Uh, GSM, what's the best Mario Lemieux card worth? Uh, so there's. Okay, so now Mario Lemieux is a bit like Gretzky. What a player. Of the new cards right now. So his rookie, like there's cards now that they have signed Mario Lemieux one of ones that are surpassing, like say his rookie card. But um, to say what the absolute uh, top card of Mario Lemieux is, uh, it's something you kind of have to look up, like eBay or something like that. But it's probably kind of like your your friend where it could be in the hundreds of thousands if you have this treasure uh special edition one of one Mario Lemieux but uh yeah car it's it's such a it's such a, a broad um hobby that it could be it could be anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 it's it's a big range last one for tonight which Habs player has the most value? Right now, bar none, Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield by right now is like selling. I could sell five per day. Uh, you know, even even being injured. And the injury has impacted his value. Went down maybe, maybe like on his PSA 10, maybe went down $100 since he's been injured. But uh, by far the most asked about is Caulfield and what are we Suzuki. looking at? Suzuki would be second. Caulfield for a PSA ten six hundred dollars. Six hundred dollars for a PSA ten. Yeah, well, 10. yeah, you, you know what? It went down a bit. You might get one at five fifty now, but okay, it was it was at seven hundred, and it, you know if if he comes back next year, scores forty goals, it, it could go back back up again. Chris is at uh, Sport La Tornade, 1 Avenue de la Fabrique in Vaudreuil d'Orion. Uh, you want to give out your number? Uh, yeah, so you can call the store any anytime, 450-218-3133. Um, I will be there until Wednesday, Thursday. I'm leaving for California. I'm going to the Burbank Card Show in, in uh, California. So I'll be there all weekend. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Oh, good. If you have a chance to pick up a LeBron James rookie card for like 10 bucks, I'd like to have one, please. Well, 
the LeBron James and uh, let's not forget right now the uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Jalen Hurts right now are yeah hot hot hot. But yeah. LeBron James is on the uh, on the cusp of breaking the record right over the next couple of days here. So his his card. What's LeBron James's rookie card worth? Uh, Stop your head. What's coming? It you know what fluctuated so much right now. I I can't even keep track of it. It's just. It's gone insane. Um, wow. I don't want to. There's so many different sets that it, it's it's hard to put a. Yeah. What set are you talking about? Like, it, that's. The, I hear you. I hear so you. It's tough to put a number on that. Okay. Uh, I'll call you tomorrow about more insider. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Tony. All right. There you have it. Chris from Spore La Tornada. I'm Marinaro. This is the Sick Podcast. We go Monday to Friday. We go at 10 p.m. Eastern. We talk Habs. Tonight, we talk CF Montreal. We talk a little bit of sports cards as well. We're going to have a WWE wrestler if all goes well over the next week or so. We're talking about it all. We're getting sicker and sicker by the day. Tell your friends about it. It's an ongoing community. It is the Sick Army. Join the Sick Army. It's absolutely free by subscribing our YouTube. Tell your friends about it. Say, folks, this podcast and this host is sick. Who is that guy again? Who am I? I'll tell you who I am. Hey, Mosey, too. I'm Marinaro. Have a great night. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>